Hello, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show. I'm Ron. I'm PJ. I'm Scott. Cue the music. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day. It'll guide us on the way. Keep on Sunnyside alive. Okay, so after last week's chat about uh, self-care for men, Scott and I actually took a trip up to <laughs> Self-care for men sounds like a very Dutch magazine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just let him get through the read. <laughs> That's the one thing we have to do for that episode. You've interrupted him longer than me. No, at this point, you've talked longer than I did. But you talked over the top of him. I'm, I'm just waiting for you to finish at this point. So Scott and I went to Hydroways, which is a uh, water flotation place up in Dundonald outside Belfast. And uh, what follows is an interview we did with the owner and operator of Hydroways. Um, and PJ came and joined us after Scott and I floated. Scott and I had separate cabinets, uh, cabins, just in case anyone thinks that we were floating together. Um, and we'll get into why that was during the interview. Yeah. Did either of you go nude? We both went nude. Yep. <laughs> now, what is that? Is that a directed at the fact of either of us being nude, or you think that there's some difference that wearing shorts in the water would make? No, it's just. Do the you thought think that some sort it's of the thought of your little todger floating up weightless all the way through? That's all. Anyway, enjoy the interview. Anyway, I uh, just want to say the interview was recorded with just two mics, so um, there may be some sort of uh, dip in quality as to how, how good the interview sounds compared to how it normally sounds on this show. So apologies for that, but uh, we'll check back with you after the interview. Bye. Hi, my name's Vivian. I am the owner and founder of Hydroys. Hello, Vivian. Hello. Hello. Scott here. Hello. And so is Ron. Hello. All right. Okay. I have uh, you. You Vivian listened to the last podcast we did where we talked about yeah, what I'm was. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that was the wisest. Vivian movie. listened very intently to the last podcast. Okay. I mean, this is the first time a victim's <laughs> had a chance to have a. First, first of all, this is weird because you're full of beans, and me and Ron are like. Yeah, you, you're right. Okay, so you guys have been in the, the tunnel of love or the, 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 the bath. I'm going to rebrand on that one comment. I'm totally rebranding the whole company. <laughs> you, you've been in the. In the which I, I would like to put. I, just before you went in, you said, Do you want to come down? But you've only two, two yeah. tubs. I don't know. What's the correct term? With two cabins. Two cabins, okay. Well, look, let's, let, let's let Vivian explain what it is Hydroise is. Okay. What is it, Over Vivian? To me. <laughs> yeah, go on then, go on. Um, we, flotation therapy, also known as restricted environmental stimulation therapy, is 25 centimetres of body temperature water and half a tonne of Epsom salt. And you simply float. Now, you spend 80% of your energy every day fighting the effects of gravity. So what you've just done is zero gravity. So that 80% of energy has to go somewhere. So while you were in there, what happened is that 80% of energy turned inwards which activated your blood flow and stimulated both your lymphatic and your digestive system. So basically what's happened in there is would be like you're having a workout, but you've hopefully never really moved at all. That, that's, that's pretty much how Ron does workouts. So when you go into these, these things, um, like when you come out, the big thing is relaxation. It's really about sort of a completely because you guys have gone in and you've come out like Mr. Soft or something you're a bit kind of it's yeah. I mean even more than usual yeah it's it's an it's an odd sensation coming yeah. out again I don't know I don't know how Ron 
feels about it. Like, well, look, I, I think what they should really have is a crystal maze where like you have to get out of this thing because I was just rolling around in circles trying to actually get out of the, like a stuck pig. And and I was just laughing. I was just I was just in there giggling and laughing. I thought, oh, Scott's wanting to hear me. And then I realized, no, Scott's got earplugs in as well. Yeah. Nobody can hear me laughing, yeah. which made me laugh even harder. <laughs> so I was just rolling around in circles. It was terrific. Yeah, it feels like... It doesn't feel like you've woken up because you don't have that yeah. that kind of groggy... Every I feel quite clear and quite present. Um, it's... Yeah, it's an odd sensation. It's nice. What you've what you've just done is we just before you go to sleep at night, you enter a state called theta state, which is do you know that state? Sometimes when you sit down in the middle of the afternoon and you kind of you, you sit down and then someone comes to the door or the dog barks and you go oh and you think oh was I sleep was I sleeping there? What happens is you're normally only in that state for about ten minutes before you start to go down and you start to go down to eventually go down into delta into your deep restful sleep. But what happens in flotation therapy is it suspends you in that state for about 40 minutes, which enables your brain to release the same endorphins as it would in about between four to six hours sleep. That's not to say that it's the same as having that amount of sleep. It's just saying that it does this, it releases the same endorphins. So your body's natural painkiller and your body's natural feel-good chemical. Now, as well as it being so relaxing for your body because it removes gravity, it also restricts environmental stimulation. So when it was first invented in the 1950s by um, Dr. John C. Lilly, there was a huge question in the world of neuroscience and neurophysiology. And they were looking at, if you took away all the stimulation from the mind and the mind had nothing left to process, would would the brain just simply shut off? Or would you go somewhere else? So they were really starting to explore the unconscious. And what they found is when you take away all the external stimulation and you take away the the impact of gravity, what happens is your mind starts to generate experiences for you to for you to work through so that could be based on previous things that have happened it could be but what it's doing is it's doing it while you're in theta state so it's bringing your mind into your learning and consolidation state so what we're finding at the laureate institute of brain research in oklahoma is they're using it a lot with post-traumatic stress disorder so they're using it with people with heightened anxiety people who are coming back from afghanistan Um, and what we're finding is that it starts to shut down the part of the brain called the limbic system and specifically within that, there's a part called the amygdala, which is the fight-or-flight response. So it's starting to decrease activity in that part of the brain and improve activity in your creative constructs. So when you mentioned, when I heard you on the podcast, and, and Ron, when you had phone to, when I was chatting with you on the phone, and you had mentioned about you, you know, doing cartoons and colourists, and, and I was like, fantastic, because you guys are probably quite right brain thinkers anyway, as it is. So there's probably a lot more benefits, rather than just you were saying about the physical and the relaxation, the mental benefits of flotation as well are, are massive, and that's where we're. That's the really exciting research that's coming out now for us. Okay, that's really interesting. It's interesting what you're saying about um, your brain starts to create stimulant because the, probably the biggest thing that I noticed when I was in there was the sense of movement and the speed of movement. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was moving, not not fast, not uncomfortably fast, but I felt like I was moving quite quickly at different times in certain directions and and i in my brain i thought okay if i'm moving as quickly as i think that i'm moving i should have hit the side a long time ago and i'm and i'm still moving in this direction 
what you've just done is the closest thing to being back in the womb or the closest thing to being in space. And if you see any footage from space, you see them walking like this, and it's because there's no gravity to hold them down. So if you even touch the side and, and push yourself a little bit, it feels like you're going yeah, like this. But also, we every second of every day, we're met by between 2 million and up to 6 billion pieces of information coming in through our five senses. Now, a lot of that is subjective, and it depends on what kind of lifestyle you have, depends on how much technology you use. But there's no way we could process all that information. The fastest processor in the world couldn't process that amount of information. We can only roughly pay attention to about 134 bits. And in order to get to the 134 bits, we delete information that's not important to us. We distort information to fit our view of the world and we generalise based on our previous experience. So everything that we all everything that's within our reality, we compare and contrast to everything that's happened before to make our version of reality. Hence why everybody's reality is so different. In there, your unconscious mind is saying, hang on, is this the same? What's this the same as? And, and it's trying to go back and compare and contrast it. But your first time you float, you have nothing to compare and contrast it to apart from being back in the womb. So it's what we call a clean experience. So, like we offer, like I, I heard you on the podcast saying, oh, I'm sure they do a deal where if you buy two, you get. And the reason we do that is if you buy two, we give you, I give you the third one free of charge because research states the benefits of flotation are greatly enhanced by your third float. Because your third, your first float, your unconscious mind's going, "What the fuck? Like, where, where's balance gone? Like, am I, am I, am I sitting up? Am I lying down? Am I?" And then you can kind of go, "Oh my goodness!" Because you can feel like you're spinning like this. You can feel like you're floating along a river. Because your unconscious mind is going, "Right, hang on, hang on. What is, what is happening here?" Well, that's exactly what I experienced. What I was thinking when I was lying, when I was lying there was, I would need another go at this to kind yeah. of get my head around it because most of what I was thinking while I was lying there was, "Holy shit." <laughs> this is amazing. It's a common thought. Yeah, and, and, and it was really uh, an amazing experience. I mean, you, you said the feeling of speed. Yeah. Whereas I kind of got to the opposite place where I felt like I was dead still and everything was moving towards me. Oh, right, okay. You know, like the, like all of a sudden a wall came out of nowhere and hit me. <laughs> and, and I kind of lost the sense of my own motion. And then I started to try and play with that by trying to spin myself around because I thought, well... You know, I already have this perceptual idea of where the door is, so let's try and lose that yeah, as well. I, yeah, I felt like if, if I was to, if the lights were to come on now, I know where I think I am in relation to the cabin, but if I was round the other way, I would get that, I, yeah, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, I understand, mm-hmm. but I was, I, it's really... Can, can you spin around in the cab? I mean, this is just... Yeah. I mean, is Absolutely. it is it big enough yeah. that you're yep. if you're because I'm yep. short, so it'd be easy for me. But yeah. but for a taller person, we'll would they be able to, take to you rotate? Through, PJ, and show you. We'll need to take you. Yeah, through yeah. And show you we'll have to have a look. I, I just you keep saying it's like space. I keep imagining what's going to happen is whenever the cabin opens, you could walk out and there's three Russian uh, astronauts kind of grabbing you out of the thing. It's it's. I mean, PJ, have I, you done this before? No, no, no. <laughs> it's just what I guess. Um, the experience of getting out is. Uh, is it a shock to the senses? Is it a kind of oh god? There's a light. What, what's you know? It's, is it like suddenly a slap in the face? The, very the shock gentle? to the senses is the weight coming back to me. Yeah. And and like when well when, when I was lying there, I was how to put this? I skinny. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, the exact opposite. I was incredibly conscious of my bulk, mm-hmm. but for the first time in ages, not. Encumbered, You're not, not down. encumbered You're not by, it. down by it. It feels like my all, my leg muscles, especially, felt like they were all working. 
Like they felt like they were. I felt like I was tensed, not in a bad way, but it's only because they were they're in positions that normally they would have to be working to st- yeah. to yeah. stay in, but they're. No, I was going to say, how deep it? I mean, how much of you is submerged? How much, Every, like, uh, is your is it just your head popping out? Is your body? No, everything from like everything from halfway along the side of your yeah. body is out. Yeah, yeah, it's what okay, happened? like a deep bath. Yeah, well, no, it's twenty five centimeters. What's so that? it's. It's about that much. That, like, I'm a man, much. so for to me, 25 centimetres is huge. <laughs> I don't know. It's about that much water. Uh, okay, so it's but, not that deep then, but it is, like, just sort of lying in half of that. But when you, when, when you take away the 80% of energy, as I say, it goes inwards, activates the blood flow, stimulates the lymphatic and digestive system. Now, because the body is always fighting with external pressure and external... Everything is about making sense of what's happening out here. And your body very rarely gets a chance to just heal and repair, apart from when you're in your bed. What happens in flotation therapy is your body will rest and repair four times faster than it would in a bed. So for sports injuries, for fibromyalgia, for arthritis, for things like that. So we've had people that have came in and they've had, and just as you're saying, they've had sports injuries, you know, in the muscles in their leg. And in there they're like, oh my God, I could actually feel it knitting and yeah. putting and moving and things happening on the inside. It's, because it's, that, that, that sensation when, you, when your, your muscles are clenched, it felt like that knot. It, it was nice. But that's what it felt like until I moved them, and I realized they're not, they're, they're completely relaxed. It's just I'm being 100% supported in every, yeah. like, every inch, every... It's like how I support you. Uh, no. <laughs> more, more physical support rather than emotional. Um, but, you know, there's no... When you're in a bed, you're very conscious of the maybe, I'd say, eight to contact points where, where you're lying in your bed, your mm-hmm. knee, your hip, your shoulder. That's it. Depending on what Where your side. wife's going, get off, yeah. get off. But if, think, yeah. you, but if you think, <laughs> but if you think of it, when, when you're born, um, the, one of the first things you learn is balance. And when you're born, and, and the first thing you learn is to lift your head, and, and then you, you suss that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can, I can hold my head now. And then you're like, wow, shit, whose hands are these? And you're like, this is my, oh, this is my hand. And you lose the novelty of it. When you first learn to walk, we were born with just over 300 bones. And our bones fuse and form between 8 and 18 months, and that's when we take to our feet. So when our bones, most of our bones are tissue and cartilage, so we're left with just over 200, about 206, I think it is. So when they start to stiffen and they start to become proper bones, we can then take to our feet. And if you watch a wee baby, when they first learn to walk, they're like, whoa. And you can see on their face their deep concentration. It's one foot in front of the other. As we get older, we, we, we totally take all of that for granted. These are things that we have learned, and we learn by comparing and contrasting what we've done the day before. So when we start to take to our feet, we can do it quite quickly because we're basing ourselves on what's happened. What happens in there is it takes you back. So it's kind of going, right, this is back before, well, it's back before I really kind of understood balance. It's back before I understood touch points. It's back before I understood if I was standing up, sitting down. like This is taking me right back. So it really is, as I say, it's that clean experience. Yeah. I tried, once I kind of got into it a little bit more and I was able to relax because you do sit my head was kind of quite tense my neck was quite tense because I was trying to keep it up and once you learn you can relax and you can really let go I find that if I kind of brought my head up a bit I could mm-hmm. make myself feel as though I was tumbling forwards and then when I stopped and laid back it felt like I was tumbling back but obviously never feeling that rush of blood or did you try pushing your arms further down into the water I tried pushing my arms down further in yeah and 
the weird thing was I what I want the next time I come is that sense of movement again. That's the that's the dragon that I'm chasing. That's well, the, well, <laughs> well, I kind of I kind of did things like. Uh, I kind of got a good rhythm going, like, yeah, yeah, like sort yeah. of slalom thing going, and I felt like I was, I felt like I was in a huge pool. I mean, yeah. that was the thing. I felt I was in a gigantic pool, and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine where the sides were. And then I would stop, and then I would, just, and I would reach out, and it was like literally, like just maybe right like an inch from my hand. I, you know? I would get with my feet. I would feel as though my feet had touched the side, and I would give them just a slight pat to kind of push myself yeah. off the side again, but the side wasn't there. Like yeah. I would stretch my foot it would out. Go away. Like, what, yes. what? What did I di- did I touch it or did I touch it and I've bounced back again? So that's why I'm. Or was I even close to the side at all? I mean, I I feel like if I were in because I haven't done the, no. the thing, and that's more down to me not being organised and and stuff. And you've only got two, so you get two pods. No, he did send a message to us earlier on. So does anyone want to share a pod with me? And then we were just like, no. It's, I, I mean. Surprises or gifts. Well, this is this is a topic we've talked about. Based, based but, on the conversation, before, 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 no, I just want to say something. These guys are talking about. Oh, it's like it's like children in a paddling pool. Oh, I can touch the sides. I don't touch the sides. I'm spinning them. I'm thinking I would be in there and I would be formulating like you know new formulas for the the existence of life and stuff. Not I the first time. <laughs> not the first time. Yeah, first, first time. time. It, the sensation first is time. so odd and so unusual. You, that you're I think, a child in a paddling pool. I think by the, the first, third occasion you're Albert Einstein. I think by is the first hour. All you can do is process what you're experiencing. Uh, okay, okay. Because it, 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 it is so unusual. I would worry, genuinely worry, I would just fall asleep. And I would not get the, the enjoyment. I, I tried to fall asleep as well. I and could, I, once, and I'd, once I'd realised that, because uh, I was genuinely worried about freaking out. I had to talk to the guys this morning and I thought, what if I get in here and just fucking lose it? Um, <laughs> but once I get in and, I, you know... I'm disappointed he didn't. Yeah, I know. I thought that would have been really... <laughs> I thought that would have been terrific content. But, like, I mean, I was going to say five minutes, but fuck knows how long it took me to, to, to kind of become to, to become comfortable. Once I did, I thought, okay, this is relaxing. I'll close my eyes. And it was just, there was too much to experience. But it was not, so dark that closing your eyes made no difference as well. But I lost movement when I opened my eyes. Even though there's no, there's no perceptual change in, in anything. There was no horizon. I can't, you can't see anything. It's dark, dark. But when I opened my eyes, I lost all sense of that internal movement, that mm-hmm. kind of role. Um, the girl that showed us round, Lisa, Lisa, um, talked about the, the lazy river the kind of sensation as you're going round. I lost all of that when I had my eyes open. So oh, really? my, yeah, my eyes, when my eyes were closed, I could kind of get that sense of movement and try and hold on to it. But with my eyes open, I, I, I just it didn't it didn't seem to work. Did, did any of you have like did any of you have like jerking movements like feel your arm going or your leg going or? No, I didn't have that. No. no. The, when you do it a couple of times, what happens is the body stores. So, post in my experience, um, trauma of any kind is stored. So post traumatic stress disorder, post traumatic stress injury is storing of trauma in the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord. Things like fibromyalgia, you know, um, you know, aching muscles and stuff like that is storing of trauma in the peripheral nervous system. And, you know, if, if you've ever had a car crash or you've ever went through something, you know, that's been deeply upsetting, what we generally tend to do is we go, 
and we hold it breath and we tense ourselves up. So what we see, hear, feel, smell and taste at that moment is all encapsulated. That, that includes how we feel. So what tends to happen is we can store it. So the minute we're in there and we completely relax and allow ourselves to just let go, when we release something from our neurosystem, so when we release or make sense of an experience that we've had, we can release it from where we stored it in our body. So sometimes you find people who are really jerky when they're in there as well. Could you smell anything? I mean, because you've blocked off your eyesight. There's nothing to hear. You can't feel anything. The only sense you've got left is your sense of smell. Are you suddenly it like really, devil? Do, no, it is, can really you smell, smell a dog I mean, 600 miles away? No, I, I, mean, I mean, the notion that there's only five senses has no, kind, of, has kind of been pushed away as well. Because like, there's other senses that completely get uh, lost there too. Heat, time. Yeah. Time, I was completely lost. I mean, at one point, the light in the cabin went on for a second, and I thought that was the cue to get out. And I, so I... I rolled around like a pig in muck for, for, for a solid two minutes before I could like get out. Like an Again, having a laugh, got out, looked at my watch, it was like, and it had only been 40 minutes, and I thought, and, and my first thought was, terrific! <laughs> and climbed, climbed back in again. pumped against the light. I thought, no, but it was, but it was the light outside that went on. Is there an emergency light inside if you need, to, if yes. you need it? Yeah, there is a light. Oh, did I hit, did I hit yeah. that? Oh. There's a light. There's a there's a light inside, and there's a red button. So the red button brings you through to reception, which tells us that you need us for something. How do you know where the that light. is, though? If you don't know what's like, if you if you think you're in a pool that's nine miles wide, and you don't know which orientation you're in, how do you know where that red? How do you even know it's red? That's it. Well, you don't. You don't. But you just, okay. if, if you, just if you shuffle flail along, around. The thing is, if you sit up and kind of shuffle yeah, along, yeah, you'll you're, hit it you're really not that far. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's um. And that that's a kind of. Yeah, has anyone ever needed to do that? Has it been? Have you had people go in and just sort of freak out that I can't take this? We we had a woman in once who completely freaked out and came back and done ten sessions to get over it. So the first time she came in, she completely freaked out and I went through and I sat with her and then the next few sessions, her husband floated with her and then, um, in fact, he, I think he floated with her up until about the eighth session mm-hmm. and the ninth and tenth that she'd done by herself. But we get people that come in and, um, you know, we get people that come in they're like, oh my God, I'm so scared of water. I'm really anxious. And But like when, when, I, when I first opened here, um, let me tell you first of all how, how long ago did you open? We opened in 2015, okay. September, so we're coming up for four years holiday, uh, four years b- birthday. Um, in 2000 and, in, 19, in 1999, I had a near-death experience. I had a really, um, I, I had lots of adverse childhood experiences. I was introduced to um, alcohol when I was about 12 or 13. I was introduced to cannabis when I was about 14. And I was introduced to coke and amphetamine and lots of different things. So age 29, I had a near-death experience, woke up in the hospital and was kind of like, had an inner critic who was always saying, "Eh, what did you do that for? You shit at that. Nobody's going to want to And it was incessant. But waking up that time, I had this voice that was like, you need to change your life. Like, you need to get your shit together because if you don't, you're going to die. Um, so two choices one was die keep going the way I was, was going the other one was stay alive and create change and now I never knew what change looked like but I knew that that was what I needed to do I was then introduced to floating in 2004 with um, a colleague that I had I'd started volunteering for a charity helping young people whose lives had been impacted by the care system mm-hmm. so they had been um, they were making that transition from being looked after and accommodated to independent living and um, and he suggested I go for this float. He was like, it's fantastic. And I was kind of going, float? Like, well, I'd never even heard of it. Um, 
went to the float centre, stood in the float in the float room, and it was one of the pods that is traditional that people float in. That you climb in, you close the lid on top of yourself, and I was standing there thinking, "Fuck that! There is no way I'm getting in there." And sci-fi coffin. Aye, that's exactly. I was like, Do you know, I made a decision in, in 1999. I want to stay alive. I'm not climbing in a cabin. Yeah. I'm not climbing in a, in, a, in a coffin and closing the lid on. And then again, there was a wee voice in my head that was like, "Just try it." goodness sake just try it now i had been living with panic disorder at one point and all these different things so there was all this stuff that i could feel bubbling and i thought no i need to challenge this so i got in and i lay there for about five minutes thinking god this is shit i'm gonna have to lie here for a full hour with me nobody else but me and like i, I don't even like who i am half the time like why did i even want to be why did i even agree to do this and all of a sudden just phew, there was nothing there was no voice there was no noise there was no sound there was just nothing and then I just had this fantastic idea about opening a float centre. About in the village that I used to live in in Scotland, they had doctor surgery had just closed down, and um, and I was like, wow, I could make it like a big healing centre, and I could, and then I almost had like an outer body where I could see myself floating through this this centre, and and there was people doing one to one therapies, there was the float tanks, there was um, like a crash out the back, and in reception was like in the reception. Um, there was like Tuesday and Thursday had NHS written above it and I was working with NHS patients and there was people in who were using it for addictions and and then I heard bang 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 on the door and this woman going your time's up and I was like holy shit like jumped up got out of the tank and stood in the shower and I remember standing there thinking what what has just happened like what was that and I went back and I put my hand in the water and I was going, it's just water. Like, So I went out and I said to the woman, oh my goodness, that was amazing. That was like, pff, I've just had my mind completely blown. I was like, you know, what is that? And she said, it's it's one of the most relaxing spa treatments you'll ever get. And I was like, that's not a spa treatment. That is a mental health intervention. You should be using that. Like, we should have people coming in here. You should have people for addictions. You should have people with, with like panic. and blah. But you couldn't have it in the, in, the, in the pods because it would really turn people away and blah. And she was kind of looking at me going, yeah, yeah, it's lovely and relaxing. And I was like, she just doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. So I then, from 2004, spent a lot of time researching it, um, followed this guy, Justin Feinstein, who's one of the doctors in America, um, followed John Turner, read a lot of John C. Lilly's stuff, um, watched the guys that were that opened up in Portland and Oregon, and they started a conference. And there was all this stuff going on in the float world, and I was thinking... At that point, I had sorted out a lot of shit in my life. I managed to get myself from Scotland to over here. I had started working with people whose lives were impacted by drugs and alcohol and mental health. Got myself qualified, went to college, went to university, studied cognitive behavioural therapy, got qualified in that. Have a master practitioner in neuro linguistic programming. So you're really setting the bar therapy. high for what they're going to do now <laughs> after that first float in a tank. You, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it had such a profound effect on me that I was just like, oh my God, I need to, the world needs to know about this. And I kept saying to my husband when I was working, because I used to work for FASA, which is a forum for action on substance abuse and suicide awareness. And uh, and I kept coming home and saying to my husband, I wish I had a tank to put these people in because their healing, their, 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 their recovery would be so much better. And he kept saying, you should, you should open a centre. And I kept saying, oh, you know, no, somebody else will do it. And, you know, why has nobody done it? You'd think everybody would benefit from it. And what I've found in life is when you talk about somebody, nobody, and everybody, generally that's you. Because when it's, it's, it's that, like, having this great idea. So my husband had said to me, you know, you spend a lot of time telling people to become comfortable being uncomfortable, and you've become comfortable. And I was like, no, no. 
And he was like, you have, you've become a wage slave. I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no better way to move somebody to action than calling them a wage slave. And I was like, no, I am not. So anyway, cut long story short, he put in for some funding, got me some funding to make a, a business plan that I knew nothing about until the guys phoned me. Um, so I had to phone him and kind of go, what are you talking about? Done the business plan, and then I was saying, look, to do this and have one tank and one therapy room for me to work with people is going to take about you know, 25, 30 grand, which I knew he had in the bank. If you believe in me that much, give me your cash. And he said, okay. And I was like, well, seriously? And he's like, yep. So I packed him a job, spent his money, quickly realised the money that he had would, was only going to like, have, I was only going to be able to buy a pod. Got chatting with a company called Float Away, and they said that they make cabins, and the cabins are big enough for two people. I went to see them, and it was the cabins there, and I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So people who are really anxious or people who are living with trauma can float with someone else. Kids on the spectrum can float with a parent. Like, there's so much more potential for this. Fuck it, I could buy two of them, and then we could have, like, two, and then and I could build, like, a healing centre, so I could have, like, a one-to-one room up the stairs and, like, a, a group work room, and I could, like... And, and I just had this whole thing, and then I just thought, do you know what? And for a penny, and for a pound. So packed in my full-time job, spent my husband's life savings and put myself £66,000 in debt and just and chased the dream. And because I, I knew, and I knew flotation would hit a tipping point and I knew it would be within five years. That was in 2015. So I've only got till next year and people are really starting to understand this therapy so much better. And it's starting to be recommended for so many things. We have um, people coming here from the Victims and Survivors Service. So that's people whose lives have been impacted by the troubles. We have people coming from charities that help people with addictions. We have um, the National Autistic Society come here. We have Decorum, which is another charity that helps ex, um, ex-soldiers um, and combatants and stuff like that. So it really is getting to where it is hitting that point where... And do you know what? Everybody could do an hour away from their phone, if nothing else. Do you know, we're all so stimulated by the you can, lifestyles. You can't take your phone in? No, I'm out. No phones. I'm, I'm, no phones. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Yeah, there's a direct Twitter feed into, straight into the into the camp. No, no. Yeah, we have, no, it, no. We have it um, projected up on the roof just in case you get bored when you're just in there, PJ. You could bring we need, to, we need to get him in. I, I would love to see him with the other side of a float. No, well, maybe. I mean, no. I, I, oh, no, 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 no. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I have reservations, the wrong word, but but I, I think for me, it's kind of. Um, and everything you're saying is amazing. It's all amazing, which is going to make the next fart joke I make look really out of place and stupid. But, <laughs> but, but the um, for me, it's it's kind of there's. I suppose there is a kind of threshold for me where I look at it and go, "That's not really for me." I mean, I I could I could get this. I mean, for me, sitting in a room drawn. PJ's convinced he doesn't need any therapy, <laughs> and I I think if the podcast is evidence of anything. <laughs> It's of how much fucking therapy PJ actually needs. <laughs> PJ, you need to come and I'll do some havening with you. <laughs> I, 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 I find, well, I, I, don't, I mean, I would like to have a go of it because you guys have had a go and I think it's not fair. No, I, <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, that, if nothing that's else. the best reason to get into the float tank, spite. <laughs> well, I think, I think I could get in and I could probably think of something interesting, come out and have an idea where you guys just floated around. So I think I could probably win. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's about, PJ. Winning. Yeah. PJ, you could come Winning. out here and change the world. Change the world. No. I would. I would. I think. Well, PJ, PJ would be alone with his thoughts for one hour and come out a dribbling mess. <laughs> that's that's ultimately what's going to happen. Did you try to say anything while you're in there? Yeah. I so I I didn't say try to say anything. I did make some like. Uh, 
<laughs> like little, like little quiet. Because I didn't know how. I didn't. I knew you had earplugs in, and you were in, but you were in the next room. But I didn't know. And then I would lift up. I would lift up some water, and drop the water. I did that too. Yeah. And let, so I could so I could hear that. Did you see anything? Oh. No. <laughs> I feel like that's a leading question. I definitely hallucinated. What about you? I did not see anything. What you did, did you see? You didn't see it. So you didn't see any colors or flashes or anything like that. No, tell me more. Perfectly normal. Yeah. So eyes open would see color. You know, like the colors you get when you close your eyes in in light. You yeah. get reds and greens, and it's just light shining through your um, through your eyelids. But to have that in darkness was quite weird. I had the sensation of light behind my eyes mm-hmm. that I could see just just coming over the top, like uh, like some like there was a light behind in my head behind my eyes. I'm beginning to feel gypped now. I didn't see I feel like what, what what would happen is your brain's kind of maybe trying to make make sense of of nothing. It's trying yeah. to kind of fill up the gaps and go. Uh, and pattern recognition is, is one of the things we do brilliantly and it's trying to make a pattern out of things that it's not seeing so it's trying to put together clues yeah I mean it's the same as whenever you turn you're, you're, when you turn your lights off when you're going to bed your eyes start to adjust so your eyes are trying to do the same thing here but there's just nothing to adjust to so they keep adjusting and they keep adjusting and it's the same as what happens whenever you put someone in a, a properly acoustically dampened room They've the scientists have built this have built this room it's almost like a torture chamber because oh, people an, go in. Anahoic chamber. Yeah, so people go in and you can last, I think it's about 12 minutes or something like that until everybody just loses it and starts to feel sick and has to leave because your inner ear, you're, again, tries to adjust. It try, tries to hear something and turns itself so far up that you just you lose your balance, you start to feel nauseous. So your eyes are just are, are, are just doing that. But this is not like that. No, no, this is, this is nice. And the other thing, once I kind of... You said that you had an experience of all of a sudden it just stopped. You stopped thinking and you stopped hearing like the the inner log. Once I hit that moment, I had it's not a vision, it's not a hallucination, but I saw myself floating in in the in, did, in nothing but did Jesus start talking darkness. to you? <laughs> no, nothing like that. I just saw it like I was able to I was imagining what I looked like from above. Yeah. Like, like, well, hang on a second. I was wondering what I looked like from above, and I just thought, I don't want anyone to see this. <laughs> I was just like, I hope there's not a camera in that ceiling. So, did you? Because I, I heard stuff as well, and I thought, oh, maybe some. I thought some, like maybe somebody had had come in to. I don't know. Maybe they put open the door to check or whatever. I was like, I thought, I thought I heard somebody coming in, and then I thought I heard something in the it's your in paranoia. The pool. Yeah, probably what, I thought I heard something in the pool, and then I realized that it was just a little halo thing that it floating around down there but i did have a stream of consciousness think that what if they put a fish in here what if they I put d- a fish yeah why like would they put a fish in I there d- oh for your feet you I can get your feet done at the same time i heard like i heard something and my brain immediately went something else in here <laughs> <laughs> it's not a per it's not a person doesn't sound big enough to be a person but it sounds small enough that it might be a fish honestly scott i've just realized that your your internal monologue is much more interesting than mine <laughs> I was just lying there going, this is really cool. I really enjoy this. You're lying there going, bloop, bloop. At one point, I said, open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> and, and then I kind of thought, that's silly. I'll just start talking to myself. <laughs> we, had, we had a guy in here one time who came in and um, and he was, he, 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 he was, he was in the, from the business world and he was highly stressed and 
and he came in and he had a float. And then at the end of his float, we, we heard the shower and then we heard the door opening. And, um, and then we seen the guy standing in the doorway, bollock naked, not a stitch on. <laughs> <laughs> and said, and said was that an hour? And we were like, uh, yep. And he was like, how bizarre. <laughs> and I turned, Judith and I looked at each other and went, did that just, did that just happen? I mean, I had, luckily I had a towel that just covered his modesty and no more. But bollock naked, not a stitch on. And then he came in here and sat at a cup of tea and he, and he sat and told us how great it was. Never even mentioned the fact that he had came out in reception <laughs> with nothing at all on. But it's, it's, it, but also, we, we store our experiences using colours and shapes and things like that. So if I said to you, um, do you know, I, I've, I've, I, I had a really good day yesterday, but I feel a bit blue today, you would instantly think that my mood had dropped. Or if I said to you, I was chatting with my husband earlier, and as he walked away, oh, I've seen red, you would instantly think that he had said something to anger me. Now, I never mentioned being, you know, my, I never mentioned being depressed, or I never mentioned being angry. But we associate colour with things. So sometimes what can happen is there as we start to consolidate and we start to make sense of experiences we've had and we start we do that through the use of colour. So sometimes we can be processing things that are sitting unresolved and that's why we have the colour as so well. So you didn't see any colour? You didn't see any, like... Do you know what... When you it was black the when whole you, time. No, it can't, it can't be black the whole it time. It was black the whole no. time. And once or twice... You don't I, want to Once or twice I turned... What did you see? No. What... <laughs> What he has never not wanted to sound weird. It's never been a problem for him. Honestly, I'm just sitting here going, am I just not that interesting? If anything, it's a lack of imagination. Do I just That's not have any through. unprocessed nonsense that I need to get sorted out? Can you are just how scared I am? And you're just full of neuroses? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring up the colour thing because I, um, uh, obviously, that's my day-to-day is working with colour and, and the, the, the perception of colour... Well, it, mostly in storytelling, but also in emotion. Whenever you're trying to, if you try and process what a color is, not what, not what is like, not what color is something. What color is? There isn't a really good definition. Yeah. There, you know, you can talk about it's the, it's a it's a pigment. It's a classic red green dress, isn't it? it it's. A, you know, it's a. People well, say it's a bit like this sentence. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not easy to define. But like, but what is a color? Is 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 a question that's quite difficult to answer. Mm. Like, what is red? It's a saturate. It's a pigment saturation. But that's not. That's one level. That's one level of it. But also, red is the color of anger. But it's also the color of love. And green it's is also the color. Wavelength on the visible spectrum. Yeah, and I, I feel like outside of outside of. This situation, the only way I'd have this conversation is with people who are incredibly high. <laughs> I have these conversations all the time. Um, as we have solved, like, we, if, if, if we could um, bring Stormont in here, and, like, we would solve Northern <laughs> Ireland. And, 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 and a couple Arlene, how dare you put the image of Arlene Foster in a flotation tank in my head? That's ruined the last hour of my life. But we have in here, like, we've spoken about politics, we've spoken about, like, the deepest meanings of life. We've like, The conversations that we've had in here have been amazing. As you say, outside people that are high, like, they're, 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 it's been brilliant. How do I know what the, the colour that red that I see is the same colour of red that you see? How do you know it's red you're seeing? I, that's the thing. Can I just say something else? One of the things that you've mentioned in the Uh-oh. podcast, right, was about um, the it was about the water. 
and the water is set at skin temperature. So it's not core temperature, it's skin temperature. But again, that's to feed into the whole unconscious processing of, hang on, where do I end and this environment begins? Yeah. And it's, to, it's, to, it's so as you become that whole the only way, part of I, the it. Only, the only points at which I ever felt the water was whenever I could feel it slightly moving on my skin and you could mm. feel like, you know, that, that little area would dry a little bit and then the water, the level would come back up. There's no other feeling no. in the water at all. No. It's just, and once you, the water, if you're not moving around, the water can get very calm and all of a sudden there isn't a feeling of anything. So. But there, it, it's it just, the only time you would ever feel it is if there's just little, little waves. I just worry that that's a bit like the trick where you put someone's hand in their bowl of tepid water when they're asleep to... You Make them wet themselves. <laughs> well, we didn't go to sleep. One of my other questions, wetting yourself. I'm sure you well, spoke about that. That's the exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> is, is there a, a fluorescent dye or something activates if that happens? Because that would be useful. Would we, be we, have, we have a UV light. So we, when, as you, when you just left these, I'll notice Lisa just spent. And actually, we had a really, um, I'm part of, there's myself and um, a couple of friends from England and one from down south who all own float centres. And as it is just now, we have no regulations for this industry in the UK. So you could open somewhere, put a couple of paddling pools, fill it with salt water and call it a float centre. So we're trying to get a standard of, mm. um, you know, a, like a, a standard of service. So we have had a company in recently who've done all our water testing. Now, last year at the conference, there was a guy there called Roy Vore, and he is a water specialist. And what he was saying is the chances of, you know, anything being in the water, because the water's 40% salt, um, a dead sea is called a dead sea because no ends. There's nothing can grow in it. There's nothing can live in it, um, and that's thirty percent. So probably the safest water in here is is our float tanks. Um, but because but not for drinking, not definitely yeah. not for definitely not for drinking. So we, it. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we had a company in on Monday and they came in. So we've had a full risk assessment done in here. We also every after every session or after every hour, the float the, the filtration system starts. So you, did you see the filtration system yeah, you coming can see in the, the water shower? Swirl, yeah. So what that does is is, is um, puts all the water through a one micron filter, which goes down to one hundredth of a hair. So because regardless of how clean you are and regardless of how clean the water is, you're going to leave something in there. Yeah, you're going to shed. You're, you're going, going to shed. shed. Yeah. Um, but what we also do is in the morning we check and we make sure there's one part per million sodium hypochlorite. We check that the pH level is between 6.8 and about 7. Um, we also check the alkalinity of the water. So as well as doing that, so today we just got our first certificate through saying that we have absolutely no trace of anything at all in that water. Anything in terms of pseudomonas. That's before these two turned up. Well, that's it. We may need to get it checked again. <laughs> <laughs> because I know sometimes, you know, for some people, it's the, they're kind of like, mm, you know, getting in a bath that someone else has been in. Like, I mean, if you look at the tests from things like jacuzzis and swimming pools, there's always a trace of something. Yeah. Of somewhere where, as I say, we just got our. So I'm just. I'm, I'm actually going to write a post tonight to go into Facebook tomorrow with the certificate, just so mm. as to put people's mind at ease about the stuff like that as well. So, how often do you float? Do you still float? Absolutely, um, and this is an interesting week because I have just floated. I floated three t- three days. I floated th- three times. So in the last week, I've floated four times. Okay. Um, my friend was over, and she's really she has a really bad back. She's had eight operations, and she has metal things and various different things. Um, she's been a nurse all her life, and um, she came in, and so we floated on Monday night. We floated Tuesday afternoon, and then we floated Wednesday morning as well. So, um, and is that would that be normal for oh, you? Yeah. I would float a minimum of once a week, okay, unless I'm busy, and yeah. then it would be twice. 
Okay. Because <laughs> the busier you are, the more you need to do it. Yeah, more you need to do it, yeah. And that's the thing, like, what we're finding now is we have, like, this week alone, we've had um, a QC, um, we've had a couple of CEOs of, of, of um, well known companies, we've had um, a CEO from the charity and voluntary sector, you know, people who are really at the top of their game, who, you know, their, their, their work life is so demanding that, like, everybody needs to take time out, but we are living in a, a phonetic world that's just 24-7. You know, we're, like, this type of lighting, we're not supposed to be under this type of lighting, we're not supposed to... You were saying to be more men than women, Luke? We find in that, yeah, and here we would say, um, for a while there, there was, for a while there, I would say it was probably 50-50, but it's kind of tipped back again where it's, where it's more men that come in now. That's interesting, because mm-hmm. the reason we decided to do... Was men's health, This was, like, yeah, yeah self-care, men's mental health, that sort of thing. But there was also we, we, sort of an observation made that there seems to be lots of things for women to do where yeah, there aren't lots it. of things for men to do. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least, I mean, traditionally, there, you know, there's right, lots they're of... Not, they're, not, they're not focused towards men. Yeah. Like, you know, men can do all the same things that women can do when it comes to, like, looking after themselves, really? going for spas. <laughs> and like, You go, girl. <laughs> but going, going for spas and all that kind of stuff. But they're yeah. not really aimed at yeah. men. They're not, like... I think the closest that men get is kind of like a cool barber shop. They're, yeah, they're, it's not so much that they're not aimed at men. I think there's a sort of the idea of toxic masculinity and and that well, you're not going to go to a spa, are you? Who yeah. goes to spas? That kind of thing that sort of prevents you. And it's a very deep, like from a child up kind of thing that you wouldn't think of doing. You know, you wouldn't go, I'm going to go and get my hair done because I just need that. You go, I'm going to get my hair done because I really need a haircut. That's, oh, yeah, and... and <laughs> I'm just laughing. It was you guys that were talking about girls' fingers being skinnier than guys' fingers for getting their hair cut, was wasn't right. it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to God, laugh I did not. Word. I did not know where that was. I did not know oh, where yeah. that was going. I re- I do remember. I guess you like them to get your hair washed. Yeah, yeah, why I'm very careful about what my doctor uh, is. <laughs> But like whenever, and I know girls have you know tech usually have more hair than men. Although Ron, like back in the day, had long yeah hair yeah head hair, long luscious locks. But like guys are taught, you'd go and you pay like four quid to get a haircut then you sit in the chair and it's buzz 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 where are done. you getting your haircut for four I'm, quid I'm thinking, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid yeah you're thinking back to 1989 <laughs> I mean I got my haircut the other day and it was a haircut and beard trim cost me 12.50 12.50 and I thought where? that was good No, that is good where are you going Peter Oliver Bloomfield Avenue how, how slim were his fingers <laughs> well he did rub beard oil through my beard so <laughs> it, was, it was reasonable my usual, pla- my usual place is 25 quid Good God, man! Yeah, but that's in Hollywood, isn't it? For a haircut, beard trim, hot towel, happy ending. <laughs> so, right, the couples thing, right? The fact that you yeah. can get two people in there. Uh-huh. Have you had to open it for anyone who's maybe getting a little too, or or does that all PJ, drive? You don't goes? understand. You can't do anything when you're in there. It's too slippy. <laughs> it's what? It's too slippy. Okay, have you recorded that <laughs> for later? So, so there's, I mean, because I mean, couples will come and do that yeah. together, I presume. And you know, if you're in a good, solid relationship, you might think, "Hey, we're alone here." Stop looking at me! <laughs> Stop looking at me! <laughs> the mic is going to pick me up. Stop looking at me! Not the only thing. <laughs> 
to answer your question, <laughs> yes, um, we have a waiver. Did you sign the waiver yes. before you came in? And one of one part of that waiver was about um, leaving any contaminants in the tank. So we mentioned things like hair dye, we mentioned things like fake tan, and we also mentioned body fluids, whether voluntary or involuntary, <laughs> will result in a one thousand pound fine because that's what it t- that's how much it would cost yeah. to reset the, to yeah. reset the cabin. But again, because nothing can grow in there. Um, it's but believe me, Peter. There's no, the, no, there is no part. There is no part of you that will want to try anything like that once you get inside. It's not the. And even when you get out and you're standing in the shower, it's not it's, for me. But it kind of sounds like it's for you. PJ, your invite has just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, like, do, do, pe- do people get down to it when they're in the pods? No, no, no. It's frowned upon. Yes, but, it, but, it, I... but it happens, right? People do do it. They, yes, they, just... they do. PJ, we spy on them all the time. <laughs> My wife would agree to get into a small room with me. You don't know my wife. <laughs> Never mind a bath with half a ton of salt. <laughs> you have more. Do you have more questions on your list of things that I bought? Let me see or? the other things. Just it was to clarify. Like, to I was clarify. talking about theta state, which was because you said, said about forest. <laughs> I, no, I, I, no, no, no. We made stuff up. We got stuff not wrong. Not at all. Mm. But some of the things you chatted about, I was like, oh, I must talk about that. So theta state, as I was saying, is the state that you feel like you could. So people will come out and they'll say, do you know, I was kind of moving around the pod. I was moving around the cabin and I could feel these bubbles in my back and I was thinking, I, I, should maybe, I should maybe be out of here by now. And then we would say, yeah, yeah, the bing bongs went off. And they're like, no, there must be something wrong. It never went off when I was in there. And sometimes it's because you're so far. And they'll say, but I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, so it's, it's to say that it's theta state. Size. Okay. You said to say about the size of them. Yeah. So they're seven feet in height and they're six feet by eight feet in diameter. Um, they're cabins. They're not pods. Um, the difference between having a bath with some salt in it <laughs> and being in there. Yeah. Uh, these guys can tell you that. There's no way you could do it's that It's different. They're different. It's, I have just got to phone my wife to cancel that 400 pounds of Epsom salt I've ordered from Amazon. Fuck's sake. Um, And the fact that it's called sensory um, deprivation, a lot of people call it sensory deprivation tanks or sensory deprivation therapy. It's actually sensory enhancement because as you've seen, when you take away all the external world, the internal world really starts to enhance and you become more aware of who you are as a person and what you're thinking. That's what what worries me. That's the... If, we, if we're going to get down to it, that's what genuinely worries me. If I get in there and discover something about myself I don't like, or I don't want to know, or... He's so scared of therapy. He's so scared that someone... He's, he's convinced... The fact, the fact that if he goes, is worried that there's something wrong with him. The, the, fact that that, the fact that that... That he's unaware of. Yeah, that, that, he, that you could possibly be oblivious to. We did a whole episode on whether you thought you were a dick or not. Did you? Yeah. Where did we land? He was, wor- oh, yeah. he was worried that he was a dick, and yeah. we had to assure him in the first five minutes that he definitely was, <laughs> but that it was okay. Hey, that's what friends are for. Yeah, you? but the other thing that would worry me is that the the thing that the things that I'm good at, the things that I, uh, the the aspects of my personality that I I I think are useful to me as tools, as as ways to communicate. You know, you go in there and you and a big reset. You're you're a different person when you come out now. From what you said, that's sort of what happened to you in a, in a way. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying necessarily you come out and go, ah, now I demand human flesh, you know. But can but, we get a different PJ? <laughs> is what I want to know. 
but but is that is that a kind of I mean with I suppose it's stupid to say it, but I just worry I'd lie in there and I'd come out like a blank slate, like there'd be but nothing. No, no, PJ. What 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 I found when I was in there when I came out, it wasn't that I was a different person. It was I was able to connect with who I really was. So what we tend to do is we put on. That's worse. I don't want to do that. <laughs> PJ, you have always been you. You have never been anything other than you. this is you. Yes, yes. But that's the, that, like, what if you find the depth of your soul is like one millimeter? That's worse. No. I, no. The thing is, in there, it really just gives you a space to kind of go and just take that time and to just chill. And the thing is, we're called human beings. And we spend all our time doing shit, doing stuff for other people, doing stuff for ourselves, doing stuff at work, doing stuff. We're just doing, doing, doing all the time. And in there, it just reminds you to be. Well, I think that's a really good way to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Vivian for talking well, to us because uh, this is this is really good, really good fun. I think Scott and I will probably definitely both come back. Yeah, yeah. Not, to, not necessarily yeah. together, yeah. but I would totally Although do it it's again. It's cheaper. It's cheaper for two in one, one cabin. <laughs> Although, yeah, no, but it's I, ca- I cannot articulate to you how uncomfortable I would be bumping into but, somebody but, else in but, there. But Vivian's just assured us no hanky panky, so you're fine. <laughs> it's not that. It's it's. It's just it's just the the best thing about it is you can't feel the sides. Well, and then if there's I mean, someone in there, I mean, you don't have to feel if the sides. If there's someone in there feeling for the sides at yeah. the same time and rubbing against like, my legs, I, I think. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Yeah, it's it doesn't feel. I mean. So you've got to open yourself up to the wide range of what No, but this is this feels like I can understand people doing it with somebody else in you know, like you said, if somebody's totally real my want to flow with the parent or we had we had um, one of the first floats that I that I facilitated in here was one of my friends and she was pregnant, heavily pregnant. And what happened was her bones had started to move before she'd actually went into labour about like two months before she had the baby. And so her and her husband came in and it was to give her some relief. Her hip bones were really sore. And so they came in and they floated together and they got out and she was just like, oh my God, it was so amazing. I felt so connected. Now, taking into account when a body is heavy with pregnancy, with, a, with holding, you know, carrying a baby, a woman's body can feel really, really heavy. It's amazing the relief you get in there. So she came out totally like, oh my God, that was amazing. I felt so connected to the baby. I could hear my heartbeat and the baby's heartbeat. It was so amazing. I was just thinking, oh, it was just so lovely. And she turned around to her husband. She was like, Johnny, what did you think? He was like, fucking amazing. I just remembered every single Star Wars character right back to the very first scene. And she looked at him and she could have killed him with a look. And he was like that, obviously, while I was thinking of you and the baby as well, love. Now that's the way to end our show. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Vivian. I will put we'll put details in the show notes how to get to Hydroes if you are in the Belfast area and you want to come here, or further, um, afield. Or, or further afield. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't travel here. It's really worth it. Um, so, thanks, Vivian, um, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Okay. So, what did you think of that then? But you didn't play it live. I don't know. I assume it was amazing. You were there for it, I was there, but do you think I'd pay attention to anything I'm saying? No. (laughs) That's why I like to listen to the show, so I can understand what it was I've said, so I know when I meet someone for the first time, as I did with Vivian, I know what I'm apologising for. Oh, okay. What was really funny is, just before that interview, and I walked into the thing, and she went, hello, I'm Vivian, I listened to the show last week, and I went, oh, I'm really sorry. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then Scott, Ron walks in and she goes, hello, I'm Vivian. I listened to the show last week. And Ron, Ron's just like, oh, oh. 
<laughs> and then Scott did the same thing. I don't know what that says about our show, but if you're a regular listener, you'll know. Well, that's just a real lack of confidence in the product, I think. <laughs> it's not, yeah, no, it's not lack of confidence. It's just if you listen to the show, then you know what to expect. I find new listeners especially someone whose business we're inadvertently talking about because yes. she didn't know that we were No, 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 she didn't. We know. didn't know we, we didn't were going to go her. that week. We hadn't booked it. She hadn't spoken to us. And there was us just completely discussing and in uh, most cases incorrectly discussing Yeah, what, but I think fact, that's, a valuable, that's a valuable that's a value because that those are conversations were, people were, will have yeah, before uh, they experience a thing like that. And then when we went along and, and Vivian had a big long list of things she wanted to debunk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, corrections for us. <laughs> corrections for us. And so, and she's invited us back again, me included, to have another, another dunk, dip. Another dunk to be debunked. And uh, that'll be for her podcast. So I'm sure this won't, this will probably go up before her podcast does. But at some stage, we'll, we'll give you a link to that podcast. Mm-hmm. So you can hear us all talk in probably more sober fashion about our experience of being in the uh, cabins. I can't so, wait. I cannot wait. Are you looking forward to getting back in again? Well, I, I'm looking forward to getting back in, but I, I, I can't wait to hear PJ's thoughts on the whole thing. <laughs> I'm a little worried about it. But anyway, I think that's enough of a show, isn't it? Yep. So uh, uh, if, you, if you want to check out uh, patreon.com forward slash Sunnyside podcast, uh, you, can, you can contribute to the show and help us pay for things like trips to go and uh, entertain you. So um, uh, hopefully you were entertained. Hopefully, hopefully that pan <laughs> I knew we were. <laughs> okay. I've been Ron. I've been PJ. I'm Scott. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Dark.